Welcome to Victory Today. I am so glad that you've joined us. If you haven't already, get subscribed. And if these messages are an encouragement to you, please share them with others. You know, together, you and I can make such a huge difference. Because although it's great to pray for people, the Bible says that it's the truth that makes a person free. And so I really do believe that one of the best things that you can do for someone in your world right now who's going through some stuff, maybe they're struggling with a need, perhaps they're wrestling with some area of their faith, or they're just bound up in performance-based religion, the best thing you can do is to let them know about this podcast, get them to start listening, because if you do that, you're giving God something to work with. Amen? You're getting the word into them. You're helping to build their faith because faith comes, the Bible says, by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I know that might seem like a really simple thing to just share with somebody that you've been listening to this podcast and it's been helping you and you'd encourage them to get subscribed. But I really do believe it's one of the best things that you can do for someone in your world that needs what it is that we are sharing. Well, we've been looking over the past few weeks at some pretty astonishing truths. And that is that Jesus came to remove the barrier that existed between us and God by paying the penalty for sin. And because of that, sin is no longer an issue for God. Friends, Jesus paid on the cross for your sins, for my sins, for the sins of this whole world, and he did it once and for all. That's what Hebrews 10 verse 10 tells us. It says we are sanctified. That means we're made holy, we're made clean, we're made right before God. We are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. The New Living Translation says once for all time. The good news says, because Jesus Christ did what God wanted him to do, we are all purified from sin by the offering that he made of his own body once and for all. So let's agree today. Jesus' sacrifice was for all people. It was for all time and it was for all sin. And that means the sins that you have committed and the ones that you'll commit today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, they were all paid for in full once and for all at the cross. Well, Hebrews 10 goes on to contrast what Jesus did with the Old Testament law when it says under the old covenant, the priest stands and he ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest, talking of Jesus, offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. And then he sat down at the place of honor at God's right hand. There he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. For by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are sanctified. Now I'm quoting that because it's so incredibly important that you recognize that Jesus made one sacrifice for your sins. He made one sacrifice for your sins and the sins of this whole world. And that sacrifice dealt with sin 
and the barrier that that was to our intimacy with God, and it dealt with it forever. It brought that barrier down. That's why I say that sin is no longer an issue with God, because sin has been dealt with. God is not holding your sin against you anymore. That's what this says in verse 14. It says, for by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are sanctified or those who are holy. Now, this is really important to understand. It's something that I touched on a little bit last time, but we need to go a little bit deeper because if you don't understand this, you're going to miss so much of what the New Testament teaches and you'll struggle with this victory in Christ Jesus. You'll struggle to experience the kind of victory Jesus won for you. The Word of God, friend, says that you have been forever made perfect and it says that you, as a result of what Jesus did, are holy. And you can read that in the Bible, as many people do, and say, well, I know I read that, but I don't feel holy. And I know that I wasn't perfect last week. I mean, I'm doing my best, but holy and perfect, they're probably not the kind of phrases that I would use to describe myself, right? But you're saying that, you're thinking that, and that is because you're so used to operating in the sense realm that if you don't feel perfect, if you don't look perfect, if the stuff that you thought about last week wasn't holy and perfect, and some of your actions you know have been less than perfect, then you're going to conclude this in the Bible that I'm reading about being holy and perfect. Well, that's either figurative language or it's talking about how I'm going to be one day when I stand before God. But friend, when the Bible says that Jesus has made you perfect, holy, and clean, it's not talking about your body, and it's not talking about your mind. It's talking about your spirit. It's describing what happened in your born-again spirit. It's talking about the only part of you that was totally and completely changed the moment that you were born again, and that is your spirit. That's why in Ephesians 4 and verse 24, Paul talks about the new man, and that's the, the real you, your spirit, which he says was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Your new man, okay? Not your body, not your feelings, those things didn't get perfected. He's talking about your new man, which is your spirit. Okay, so in your spirit right now, according to the word of God, you, friend, are as forgiven as you'll ever be. You are as holy as you'll ever be before God. You are as perfect as you will ever be. Your spirit, your spirit man, the real you, your spirit loves God unconditionally. It is passionate about the things of God. Your spirit will always choose God's way above every other way. But I'm sure that you've figured out by now that there's a problem, right? The problem is you still got an old body and your body is used to doing what it wants. And you got a soul. That's your mind, your emotions, your will. And that part of you has not yet been renewed. 
You know, a lot of people think that when you become a Christian, there's the old man and the new man coexisting together. They're, they're sort of fighting against one another. That's a very commonly held belief that there's the old man and the new man and they fight. They, they wrongly believe that when the Bible talks about the old sin nature and the new nature, that when you become a Christian, you inherit the new nature, but the old nature is still there. Now it's at odds with your sin nature. And you spend the rest of your life until you go to heaven, you're going to fight. There's this internal fight, this battle between the two, between the old nature and the new nature. It's like you've got split personalities, dual personalities, the, the old you and the new you. Now, friend, I want you to know today that is wrong. That is not what the Bible teaches. That is a religious concept called dualism, but it's not in the Bible. Let me clear this up for you if you've ever wondered about this. You do not have two natures. You don't have two natures. Your old sin nature, the Bible says very clearly, is gone. And in its place, the new has come. That's why it says that you're a brand new creation. You don't add a new nature to your old nature. That old sin nature, the Bible says, was crucified with Christ. It's dead, buried, gone. And in its place, you got a brand new nature. And this nature loves God. This new nature wants to serve God, seeks to do his will all of the time. So what am I saying? I'm saying you only have one nature. Because of Jesus, your nature, the real you, is now perfect, it's holy, it's righteous, it's pure. That's what the real you is like. You don't have a sin nature anymore, nor are you a sinner saved by grace. Have you heard people say that? It's a, a form of false humility where someone will say, well, you know, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. No, that is wrong on two counts. Firstly, because grace doesn't save you. The Bible says you are saved by grace, but through faith. Amen. Grace provides salvation, yes. But until you receive it by faith, you're not saved. But if, friend, you have been saved, you're no longer an old sinner. Amen. You were a sinner. You were, yes. But you're no longer a sinner in the eyes of God. No, you now are a saint. Did you realize that? In Romans, in Corinthians, Colossians, Ephesians, and Jude, over and over and over again, we are called saints, not sinners, but saints. So to think of yourself as some unworthy sinner when you've already been born again, that is to completely discount everything that Jesus did on your behalf on the cross. It's saying that what he did just wasn't enough. That, you know, it was a great sacrifice, but it wasn't able to clean you up enough and set you in a place of right standing with the Father. And now I've got to perform and do all these religious things and try and stay in his good graces. Can you see how much of an affront to God that kind of mindset is? And yet, that's the way so many believers see themselves. Friend, listen to me. You do not have a sin nature anymore. You were born with a sin nature. But when you got saved, 
that nature was removed completely and in its place, you got a new Christ-like nature. See, while you had that old sin nature, you were unable to do right by God. You just couldn't live right in your own strength. Didn't matter how much you tried with an old sin nature, you're not able to do right by God. Now, you might have been a very nice person prior to being saved, but you were born with what the theologians would call a propensity to sin. In other words, your natural default was not to do the right thing, but to do the wrong thing. Now, maybe you tried really, really hard to be good. Uh, you know, before you got saved, you tried hard to be good and be a good citizen and do the right things. And, and you know, if you've ever done that in your own strength prior to being saved, you try to be good and you do that for an hour or two. But ultimately, there's no way while you've got a sin nature that you are able to not sin. You will always default to a position of sin, ungodliness, selfishness, pride. But I'm saying today that when you come to faith in Jesus, that old sin nature is removed. It's taken away. And sinning is no longer your natural default position. Now, you can still sin as a Christian. Obviously, you can. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But you don't have to. That's the big difference. You can choose now not to. And that is because you've now got the power on the inside to choose God's way. Every single time you can choose God's way. Now, he won't force you, but you can do right every single time. Why? Because the old sin nature has been removed. Okay? So, I want you to understand today that you only have one nature. But here's where this gets tricky. You do have two minds, <laughs> okay? You got one nature, but you do have two minds. As a believer, according to the word of God, you now have the mind of God or the mind of Christ in your spirit because you're united to Jesus. The Bible says the spirit of Jesus, the greater one, is now living in you. Amen. He's, he's taken up residence in you. And so you have, the Bible says, his mind. So you have the mind of Christ, which obviously is going to be God-honoring and God-pleasing. But how many of you know you still have your natural mind, right? You still have your natural mind. And that natural mind for decades and decades has only ever known one thing, and that is independence from God, selfishness, pride, arrogance, rebellion, sin, right? Prior to being born again, you were your own boss. You did exactly what you wanted to do, and your mind was in charge of the show. And so, because it's been that way for as long as you lived prior to becoming a Christian— your mind has been used to entertaining all kinds of wrong, ungodly thoughts. It's been used to embracing fear. It's been used to unbelief, doubt, things like that. It's been used to questioning everything that it can't experience with the senses and doubting spiritual things, right? And then added to that, you've got your feelings. 
your emotions. Well, they start to get involved in what's going on. And what are they used to doing? Well, they're used to enhancing. That's what our emotions and feelings do. They enhance and they magnify and they stir up whatever our natural minds are focusing on. And so what our emotions do is they amplify everything. They get us all worked up. And then our physical body, well, it basically just responds to that, okay? Your body just obeys the signals that your mind and emotions communicate to it. And if you've been living that way, friend, for 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, and then one day you get saved and all of a sudden that old sin nature is gone and in its place the new you arrives on the scene with the perfect mind or the mindset of Christ. That is awesome. But I hope that you can see today that your mind and your emotions and your will are not going to like that too much, right? Why? Well, because they've been so used in the past to calling the shots. They've been led by that old sin nature. And now there's a new nature in town. There's a new nature that is a complete and utter shock to the system. So what happens? Well, typically what happens is your mind, emotions and will continue to dominate and they lead your body into all those same bad places that it's been forever and a day unless you get a hold of the word of God and you begin to renew your mind and get control of your senses and allow the real you, what's in your spirit, to begin calling the shots, setting the tone for your decisions, for your thoughts, for your actions, for your behaviors. Does that make sense? I know that that's a big concept. I know that I've just shared some things with you right now that you're like, man, I'm going to have to go back and listen to that six more times to, to get it. And, and cool, if you need to do that, listen to it again. I'll talk more about this in the coming days because it really is so fundamental to the victorious Christian life. But so many people are ignorant about it. But my point is that, friend, you do not have two natures you have two minds. You have a natural mind and a spiritual mind. And until your spirit, in conjunction with the Holy Spirit, is allowed to influence your soulish realm, the mind, emotions, the will, you're always going to struggle to appropriate the blessings of God in your life. See, when you sin as a Christian, it's not a blockage or a barrier to you connecting with God. I know that most people don't believe that, but the word reveals this over and over. Your sin doesn't make God mad. It doesn't offend him. It doesn't stop him from loving you, from showing you his grace. Your sin doesn't affect God, but it certainly affects you. Your sin doesn't affect God, but it does affect you. It affects you in your body and in your soul, but not in your spirit, okay? For example, if you sin in your physical body, the Bible says that opens up a door for the enemy, for Satan, to come against you with sickness and poverty and lack. And, you know, the Bible says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Anytime we see stealing, killing, destroying, we know that that's the enemy, that there's somewhere being an inroad to the enemy and he comes in and he does what he does. 
when you sin with your soul, he will come in, he'll defile or mess with your mind, he'll bring depression, he'll bring anxiety, dark thoughts, worry, dread, fear, doubt, unbelief, he'll cause you confusion. He'll bring condemnation. He will mess you up emotionally and he'll have you believing all kinds of lies. So I want you to understand, even though your spirit is secure and perfect and holy, it's not a good idea to continue to sin as a Christian. It won't stop God from loving you, but it will certainly cause you a whole lot of unnecessary pain and suffering. And it'll stop you from being in that place where you can receive all of the blessings of God. Now, our time is gone for today, and I've shared a lot of things with you, but I hope that that clears up some confusion about what changed when you got born again. And if you can just remember one thing from today, I want you to focus on the fact that when God looks at you, he sees the real you. Amen? He doesn't see the mistakes. He doesn't see the failures. Those things, they've already been forgiven. They've already been forgotten. They were paid for on the cross before you ever committed them. So right now, you are as worthy, as forgiven, as holy, and as perfect as Jesus Christ. In your spirit, you are an overcomer. You are bold, you are faith-filled, you are righteous and holy. And next time, what we're going to do is talk about how to grab a hold of that reality and start getting it to impact our day-to-day life. But until then, I really want to encourage you, get into the mirror of God's Word. Take a closer look at how He sees you and allow that image to change how you see yourself. And if you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget, as I said at the start, to subscribe so you'll always know when there's a new episode. And while you're at it, if you can leave us a review or a five-star rating, that will always help people to be able to find this podcast and be changed in their lives as well. And if you'd like to help get more of these faith-activating messages out, you can partner with us at newbulbministries.com. Well, have an awesome week and we'll talk again soon.